Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Let's dive into this. In week four, uh, as I was praying this week and just seeking the Lord on what direction he would have us go, I, I felt and, and I do believe that this is where we'll wrap up kind of this series and these uh, series of, of messages and talks today. Um, but I wanted to expound on what it is and what it means to be led by the Spirit of God, to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is probably the greatest asset we have in the kingdom of God. You and I have a helper. You and I have someone that has come alongside us, especially for moments like this, especially for challenges like this. Uh, in talking with several people, and again, I've noticed this myself, that one of the main components uh, that has really arisen through these times is that there are so many voices. There's so much confusion. What do we do? What do we not do? Do we stand our ground? Do we do this? Do we follow this? Do we follow that? Um, there's just been a lot of confusion and, and rightfully so. Uh, we have said this before that confusion is the result of too many voices. Confusion is the result of too many voices. We saw when we uh, jumped in our message on canceling distractions, we saw that there's a thief that comes, that he's got a voice that wants to draw us away from the shepherd, but the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so we have to learn to discern the voice of God and then follow and obey the voice of God. And he gave us the Holy Spirit for this very purpose, to be led by the Spirit of God in moments like this. When Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to us in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, I want to show you these verses. Um, watch very carefully the words that he gives us here. John chapter 14, verse 25. John 14, verse 25. In the New King James, the first verse we want to uh, look at today regarding being led by the Spirit. He says this, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. So Jesus is there present with them. But this is what he says in verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. That means I'm learning something. And bring to remembrance all things that I, Jesus is speaking, said to you. He introduces the Holy Spirit as a helper. He introduces the Holy Spirit as someone that's going to come alongside and assist us. He's going to teach us. He's going to remind us of what Jesus said when he was here. John chapter 15, verse 26. Jump over to John chapter 15. And in verse 26, in the New King James again, he says this. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father... The spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. Once again, he refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper, an assistant, one that's going to come alongside you. So the Holy Spirit's not going to do it for you. Okay. Uh, some of us ha might, you know, have this idea that the Holy Spirit's going to take me over. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't take over a believer. He leads the believer and we must submit or follow to the voice or to the leading of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, John chapter 16, verse 7, again in the New King James. Verse 7 states, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
it is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus at the point of death before he leaves. This is uh, his last opportunity with the disciples. And he states, I'm telling you something and I want you to hear this clearly. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage that I leave. What in the world is he talking? He's telling his disciples, it's better off for you if I do not stay, but rather I go to be with the Father. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus is once again, for the third reference now, referring to the Holy Spirit in our lives as a helper, as someone that will come along and bring assistance. Later down in verse, uh, further on down here in verse 12, John chapter 16, verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So we've got a few things that we've got to take note of here in John 14, 15, and 16. Again, Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples. He's introducing uh, this new person to them. He even says, it's to your advantage that I go away. So there's a few things that he points out. Number one, he states that the Holy Spirit uh, will be our helper, come alongside and bring assistance. He also states that he will teach you all things. So he's a teacher. That means we've got some things to learn. He told his disciples, I've got many more things I want to share, but you can't bear them now. You need a Holy Spirit to help reveal and open those things up to you. When the helper comes, he'll be able to reveal these things to you. He also says this, that he will bring things to your remembrance. Again, there, John chapter 14, verse 26, we're referring to. He says uh, that he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He's going to remind us the Holy Spirit's not going to say anything that Jesus hasn't already said. He's going to remind you of the things that Jesus spoke when he was here. Remember, Jesus, before he was Jesus, the man in the flesh, he was the word of God. John 1, 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. So ultimately, what's that mean? That means the Holy Spirit's going to remind us of the Word of God. He's going to reveal the Word of God to us. He's going to open up the Word of God to us. We saw in John 15, verse 26, that the Helper comes, whom the, uh, Jesus is going to send from the Father. He's the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of truth. In a day and age that we live in, uh, truth is we have got to see and know truth. Truth must be revealed. That's one thing that I've been praying and a lot of our church has been praying um, through this season is that truth would come to light because there's a lot that wants to cloud truth. There's a lot that wants to squelch the truth, but the Bible says that the truth will make us free. The Bible tells us that we live, in, uh, uh, we live off of the truth 
of the Word of God. You and I, we need truth operating in our lives. And it says that He's the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. In John chapter 16, verse 7, we saw that uh, again, He will be the helper. Verse 12, jumping on down there, uh, He says, I cannot say all the things I want to say. You can't bear them now, but the Spirit of truth, when He comes. Then He says this in verse 13, He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you, for He will not speak on His own authority. That means the Holy Spirit will not speak on His own initiative. The Holy Spirit does not come into our life to speak uh, whatever He wants. The Holy Spirit ultimately has to go back to the Father. Didn't Jesus say those same words? Didn't Jesus say the same thing when He was here? I don't say what I want to say. I don't do what I want to do. I don't go where I want to go. But whatever the Father says, I say. Whatever the Father tells me to do, I do where the Father tells me, what are they doing? They're always pointing back to the source. God is the source. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit were simply involved in bringing the will of the Father to this earth. Ultimately, there's only one voice that remains in truth, and that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's not even His voice, it's the Father's voice being relayed and being revealed to us, the believer. Here's what we have to understand. For the believer, there is no substitute for being led by the Spirit. For you and I, there is no substitute. And I tell you what, when we don't uh, listen and, and, and uh, go after the voice of the Holy Spirit and make it a desire of ours to be led by the Spirit of God, we will come up with substitutes. And it might be a pastor, it might be a book, it might be a commentary. There is no other source out there that deserves to be a substitute or could ever be a replacement for the Holy Spirit in my life and your life. There is no substitute for being led by the Spirit. The greatest need in the earth today is men and women of God that are led by the Spirit of God. The greatest need in the earth today is believers that are led by the Spirit of God. We've talked a lot about voices. We've talked a lot about distractions. We've talked a lot about confusion. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate voice of confidence. The, the Holy Spirit cuts through all confusion. And so we need to learn how to listen to the voice of God by being led by the Spirit of God. Here's the danger. Most believers have developed a tolerance for the Holy Spirit rather than a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Most believers have developed a tolerance for the Holy Spirit. Just enough to tolerate, just enough so it doesn't get too crazy, just enough uh, that we can, we can mention his name every now and then. But most believers have not fully and adequately been introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit. And we need to know the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is putting such a primary focus on his disciples discovering and knowing and being introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit. 
then how much more in these days, how much more in these moments do we need to know the Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit of God? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, um, Paul was writing here to Timothy and he makes a statement here in verse 1. It says, now the Spirit expressly says in the New King James Version, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So a few things. That's all I'm going to read, but I want to show us a few things. First off, notice that it says that the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Notice that again, as we've seen throughout these messages, throughout this series, that there are com uh, contending voices, opposing voices. They're giving heed to deceiving spirits and they're departing from the faith. Why? Because we didn't give accurate focus and attention to the Spirit of God. But notice this, when it, the, the words that it says here. Now the Spirit expressly says. That's not communication or terminology that you and I use in today's language, but the New Living Translation, I think, really opens this up and helps us see what Paul was trying to communicate. Watch this. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 in the New Living. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly. If you've got a Bible, you can write in, highlight, star, whatever. You, uh, circle that word, underline it, highlight it. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clarity, clarity uh, clearly. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly. The Holy Spirit always brings clarity. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of wondering and knowing and hoping you get it right. The Holy Spirit, again, is your helper. The Holy Spirit comes into your life as an assistant. The Holy Spirit comes into your life to bring clarity. This is what that word expressly uh, in the Greek, this is how it is literally defined. It's defined this way, clearly, unmistakably, vividly, unquestionable, certain, and sure. I'll read those off for you again. It means this, clearly, unmistakably, vividly, unquestionable, certain, and sure. This is how the Holy Spirit leads believers. The Holy Spirit doesn't believe, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you uh, in, in a way that is confusing and that you're unsure. And, and, and look, it's, I'm not saying it's not going to require faith. Faith is not knowing exactly what's going to come. Faith is a belief system and a groundedness regardless of what comes. But God gave us his Holy Spirit and wants us to be led by the Spirit so that we can know clearly for sure that we are being led by the Spirit of God. It means this, he speaks in absolutely clear words, in unmistakable words. It means the clearest language. 
We're talking about the word expressly found in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He speaks in absolutely clear words, in unmistakable words, the clearest language. We've already said it through this message. We've said it throughout this series. But again, confusion is the result of too many voices. It's amazing how easily I'll see believers moved and respond by natural voices, the news, the media, their friends, their family. It's, it's appalling sometimes to see how quickly we will, we will react to natural voices when the Holy Spirit ought to be the clearest voice in our life, the most clear voice the one that we easily hear. I just want to challenge you right now. Is the Holy Spirit the clearest voice in your life? Is the Holy Spirit the, the, the clearest? Does he, is he the one that offers the most clarity in your life today? Do you go to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do we yield to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Being led by the Holy Spirit is the most valuable thing you and I have as believers today. Well, what about the Bible? We have the Bible. We have the Word of God. But guess who confirms the Word? Guess who illuminates the Word? Guess who reveals the Word? Guess who takes the Word from just being black letters on white pages and opens them up and reveals them to us? The Holy Spirit. You know what I've found is when we don't yield to the Holy Spirit or we don't give Him appropriate place in our life to be led by Him, then we can't clearly articulate. You know, this word today is open to interpretation by so many different people, so many different voices, so many different ways to interpret the Word of God. You know how dangerous that is? You know why that happens? Because we don't lean on or rely on the Word of God. I told you just a moment ago that uh, the Holy Spirit in the church has been more tolerated than depended upon. But in the Bible, in the Word of God, people depended on, the, it was life or death to them. They depended on the Spirit of God, the voice of God, being led by the voice of God and the Holy Spirit. It was life and death. If we don't if, if we miss this, if we don't follow the Holy Spirit in this situation, it could cost us everything. I don't know that we have that same value in the church today. I don't know that we have that same uh, uh, emphasis on being led by the Spirit of God. Yeah, we have a lot of voices that speak to us, a lot of voices that want to direct us, a lot of voices. And man, sometimes we follow after those voices without even thinking twice. But Jesus, when he introduced the Holy Spirit to us, said, this is your helper. This is your assistant. Not, not everything else around us. The Holy Spirit is the one and he will make it clear to you. First Timothy chapter four states that he ought to be the most articulate, clear voice in your life. Without a doubt, this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we want to avoid this confusion by being led by the Spirit of God. In Romans chapter 8, Paul contrasts this life of the Spirit versus a life of the flesh. And ultimately, those are really the only two options. Those are really our only two options. We're either led by the voice of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, or we are moved and led by the natural. 
ultimately those are our only two options. You're either going on your feelings, you're going on your emotions, you're going off of what other people are saying, what other people are doing, or you can go and live by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. We're going to kind of journey through this, jump around through this, and uh, dissect this a little bit. But here in verse 1, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, and I'm going to read this to you from the New Living Translation. It states this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong, belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So right out the gate we see this, that I have come into the kingdom. I've accepted Jesus not just as my Savior, not what He did for me, but who He is, Lord, over my life. And by doing so, I now can operate and, and submit to the life-giving Spirit of God. And He's freed me from the power of sin. The power of sin, He states in verse 2, that leads to death. So right here, right out the gate, we see the opposing. We see the life of the Spirit, life of the flesh. Life of the Spirit brings us life. Life of the, of, of the flesh brings death. Um, verse 5, jump on down to verse 5 with me. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Now, in this instance, he's literally talking about the sinful life or the carnal life of a believer that has been born into the kingdom, but is still living according to fleshly ways. But I want you to think of other ways that we can approach scenarios in our life, not just necessarily sin, but we can approach other scenarios in our life from a fleshly standpoint, from merely a natural standpoint. Remember, you're born of the Spirit, you're born into the kingdom of God, and now we have the voice of the Holy Spirit that wants to lead us and guide us according to the Word of God. But I can still decide to do things naturally. I can still decide to respond naturally. I can still decide to obey my emotions. I can still decide to be moved by what others are saying about something. So there's a fleshly way to operate and there's a spiritual way. And to be, uh, to operate out of the spirit, I've got to be led by the spirit. He says, uh, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. Let's just say things of the flesh, things of the natural. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So how do I please the Holy Spirit? How do I please God? by allowing him to take control of my life. He's not going to come in and just take over my life and force me. The Holy Spirit doesn't possess people. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit will lead. He will speak. He will guide. He will teach. He will remind you. He'll show you things to come. But he'll never come in and just force you to operate a certain way. You submit to the Holy Spirit by choice. Verse 6 so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I probably don't even have to ask you uh, uh, which of those goals, which of those results do you want? Do you want death? 
Do you want life and peace? Well, he tells us very clearly how to achieve life over death. Submit to the Spirit. Letting the Spirit control your mind. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. We could say this, the fleshly nature, the natural nature, the worldly way of operating is always hostile to God. That means it doesn't agree. It's not going to come into alignment. You don't get your flesh to submit. You subdue the flesh by strengthening your spirit to submit to the spirit of God. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. I'll tell you what, being led by the Spirit of God is the greatest way to live a life that pleases God. Being led by the Spirit of God is the greatest way to live a life that pleases God. Uh, Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. That's you and I. That's you and I. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, which means we don't have to submit or give in to the fleshly, worldly, natural way of doing things. We can submit to the Spirit of God that lives in us. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Sometimes, you know, when we're following and obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit, it feels like we're the only one. Uh, You know, Noah building the ark looked pretty crazy when he was responding to the voice of God. Rain's coming, build an ark. Nobody else had ever experienced. Why? Being led by the Spirit of God always looks crazy to those that don't know or have not been introduced to the Spirit of God. Being led by the Spirit of God is only natural to those that are born of God. I'll say that again. Being led by the Spirit of God is only natural to those who have been born of God. So if you're waiting for everybody to come into agreement or support your stance to obey and be led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be waiting a while. You don't need anybody else's agreement. You are agreeing with the Father. You are agreeing with the Holy Spirit and abiding by His voice. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. This is amazing. Jump on down to verse 14. This is kind of where we want to lock into. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now this is powerful. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Ultimately, what's he saying? To be a child of God, one of the greatest indicators of being born of God, being in the family of God, the first way that the Holy Spirit works in the life of a believer is ultimately you'll be led by Him. If we are born of the Spirit of God, then we ought to be led by the Spirit of God. If we are born of the Spirit of God, then we ought to be led. That ought to be an indicator in our life that we don't just merely respond to the natural. 
we don't just merely respond to what's happening around us. We're responding to a voice on the inside of us, regardless of what's happening around us. Uh, he says in verse 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We've been brought into the family. Now I've received the spirit of God. I ought to be led by the spirit of God. Now, here's where I want to really focus. Remember, those that are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Watch this in verse 19. See if this doesn't apply to what we're seeing in the world today. Verse 19, for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Did you know that creation is waiting for you? Creation is waiting for those that are born of the spirit of God. Creation is waiting for those that have come into the kingdom of God and don't operate and live or are dictated by what's happening around them, that aren't conformed to the world, but are transformed by the renewing of their mind. See, you can't change what's around you until you change what's in you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to transform you. He comes to renew you. Creation is waiting eagerly for that day. The day that God's children are revealed. Now, let me take you back to verse 14. What did verse 14 say? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So let's connect those verses. Verse 14, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Verse 19, and creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. We can say it this way. For all creation is waiting for the children of God to be led by the Spirit of God. All creation is waiting for believers, you and I, to be led by his Spirit, to be led by God. All creation is waiting. Verse 20. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. This is incredible. Ultimately, this is what we're seeing is that scenarios like we are engaging right now, the challenges that we're facing right now, the crisis that we're up against right now, you know what it's waiting for? you and I to be led by the Spirit of God. You and I to hear clearly from heaven, Father, how do you see this? How did Jesus teach us to pray? That his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Church, this is not the time to scour down. This is not the time to cower away. This is not the time to, to find our corner and just hold out until Jesus comes. This is our time to hear from heaven. What do you want to do? How do you want to fix this situation? What is your answer? And guys, God is waiting for us to be led by his spirit so we can be a solution to a problem, not part of the problem. I mean that. It is time for the church to rise and be led by the Spirit of God. Creation is waiting for us. 
Creation is waiting. It sees the mess that is going on. It sees that the struggles that we're facing. And I want to tell you, there are, are greater struggles and challenges out there than some virus. There is something greater out there that wants to destroy our spirits and our souls. It's called the enemy. He roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But it's no problem. The enemy poses no issue for the believer that is led by the Spirit of God. Creation is waiting for you and I to be led by the Spirit of God. Creation is waiting for the church to rise up, hear from heaven, and bring heaven to earth. That's my message today. That's the simple word I have for you today, is creation's waiting for you. Whatever situation arises, whatever challenge you may face in the coming days, weeks, months, years, it's waiting for you to hear from heaven. Guys, when we are conforming to the world, we cannot change the world. When we conform to the world, we cannot change the world. I cannot be led by my senses. I cannot be led by my feelings. I cannot be led by my emotions. I cannot be led by what everybody else. There's got to be something within the life of the believer that says, I'm going to go to the Holy Spirit. I need a word from God. I'm going to hear from the Holy Spirit himself and he will clearly speak. He will offer the greatest voice of clarity that will cut through all the confusion. What should we do? What does the Holy Spirit say we should do? Again, I told you earlier that people in the Bible did not merely tolerate the Holy Spirit. They depended on the Holy Spirit. You can go throughout this Word of God and they did not move until the Spirit of God told them to move. They did not speak until the Holy Spirit told them to speak. And we have to be the same way. Here's the last things that I want to leave you with. Three ways of how we can strengthen our ability to be led by the Spirit of God. I believe as believers that we need to strengthen our ability to hear the voice of God, hear the Holy Spirit, and be led by Him. Number one, study and know the Word. No, I did not mean just get a verse of the day. I didn't mean just merely casually looking over it. I did not say go to it when you're really in a struggle and you don't have anywhere else to turn, so open your Bible. I meant study Study to know the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God. Water it. Stay in it. If you do not have a daily regimen of being in the Word of God, you are greatly going to struggle at hearing the voice of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's only going to speak the Word. The Holy Spirit's only going to speak the word and you'll have trouble responding and hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying because you're not even familiar with the book you already have. So number one, we have to study and know the word of God. Number two, we have to shut out contending voices. Get rid of the distractions. The Holy Spirit's not going to yell and shout over all the stuff we accumulate. He's not going to do it. The Holy Spirit isn't going to start screaming to try to get over all the noise that we add to our life. Strip it away. I tell people this, when they're in a situation where they need to hear the voice of God, where they've got a major decision, that's the best time to fast, to pray, to seek the Lord. And that means shutting things down. Why do I fast? So I can get alone with God and strip away all the distractions. I need to have a direct line 
to the voice of God, to the will of God, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I need to be able to hear him above CNN, above social media, above mom and dad, above what the kids are doing. I've got to strip it all down so I can clearly hear the voice of God. And number three, quickly obey. Quickly obey. Number one, study and know the word of God. Become familiar with it. Number two, shut out contending or opposing voices. And number three, quickly respond. Let me tell you, the quicker I respond to the word I know now is the quicker I'll be able to hear the word and more clearly I'll be able to hear the word next time. But if I don't quickly obey and quickly respond to what I know to do right now, I'm going to uh, prohibit myself from hearing the word of God in the future. I have to respond quickly. What is the point of hearing God if there's no response? What's the point of having the Holy Spirit if there's no obedience to follow? I've got to obey the voice of God, the direction he gives and how he is leading me. So I want to leave you with that today. I want you to know today that if the voice of God is waning in your life, it's not because he's not speaking. It's not because he's shut himself off from you. He's given you the Holy Spirit to ensure that we can know his will and know his voice. He's given us his Holy Spirit to ensure that we can be led by him. So if it's waning, we might need to shut some things down. If it's waning, I might need to give more attention to the word of God. I need to have a better focus on relying on the Holy Spirit, not just tolerating the Holy Spirit, but acknowledging the person of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in my life so I can clearly follow his voice. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.